Let's turn your Bibles again this morning, and let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 31. I want you to also put your finger in the Bible and go to 2 Samuel as well. We're going to about to turn the, into from 1 Samuel into 2 Samuel. Only took us 16 weeks, all right? And so we're really enjoying God's Word. And here's, here's the whole situation in 1 Samuel 31. I got to jump in because this has been such a great collection of talks, Sam, some summer in the book of 1 and 2 Samuel. So everyone, we made it to 2 Samuel. Come on, somebody. Yeah, we made it. Made it to 2 Samuel. And uh, there's, all, there's so much content in 1 Samuel. But here's kind of the gist of it, is that Saul's mad at David again, and Saul wants to kill David again. And so David's running again, and he's running out, and he goes to the cave of Abdullah. All of a sudden, he sees Saul in the cave, and Saul's, he's going to the bathroom. David could have killed him again, but he didn't. Then Saul's in a tent. David could have killed him again, but didn't. David said, I cannot touch the Lord's anointed. And then from there, Saul is in a war with the Philistines again. And here's what it says. Now, the Philistines attacked Israel, and the men of Israel fled before them. Many were slaughtered on the slopes of Mount Geboa. The Philistines again closed in on Saul and his sons, and they killed three of his sons, Jonathan, who we know is David's best friend, Abinadab, and Melchishua. Then it says this, the fighting grew very fierce around Saul, and the Philistine archers caught up with him, and they wounded King Saul severely. Saul groaned to his armor bearer, take your sword and kill me so they don't get credit. So the pagan Philistines come and run me through and taunt me and torture me. But his armor bearer was afraid and he would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and he fell on it. When his armor bearer realized that Saul was dead, he fell on his own sword and he died beside the king. So Saul, his three sons, his armor bearer, and his troops all died together that day. All died together that day. But then, let's go back one more, please. And then it says this in 2 Samuel chapter 5, that all the tribes of Israel went to David and they told him, we are your own flesh and blood. In the past, in the past, when Saul was our king, you were the one who really led the forces of Israel. And the Lord told you, you will be the shepherd of my people of Israel, and you will be Israel's leader. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, anoint this word. May it be a great day. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen and amen. Real quick, we give it up for our online audience, Amanda, Andre, Timberly, Liz, Karen, Amy, Lachey, Anissa, Linda, Lala family, Nipha, Marion, you're watching from Detroit, Tiffany, Saida, and Brenda. Come on, everybody. They can hear you in the house. And man, we're glad you're watching online today. I looked out and said, whoa, look at that. Look at everybody. Everyone's commenting. Look at that. I love it. So make sure you comment. Let us know also where you're watching from. Uh, but here's two distinctives about King Saul and David. We've been studying this for over the past 16 weeks. But the two things that really set them apart was that Saul groaned, but David led. Saul groaned. He, he complained. It was, it, was, it was never good enough. Saul groaned, but David led. David was a great leader for, for many reasons, but I really believe one of, the, one of the main reasons why David was a good leader was because he had good instructions. Have you ever maybe had a boss, and the boss says, hey, listen, I'm going to leave for a little bit. I'm going to put you in charge, and when I put you in charge, I want you to make sure A, B, C, D get done. 
And he takes off and leaves. You're going to be a relatively good leader with all that information that boss gave you. But maybe you got another boss. The boss says, I'm leaving. I'm out. You know, so care. I'm out of here. You're in charge. And they just leave. You have no information. You don't know what needs to get done. You don't know his preferences. You don't know the goal of the week. Maybe you even know the vision of the company. And here's what made David different than Saul. Saul went to acquire mediums. He went to acquire, uh, uh, you know, the other, other things that are not the voice of God. But David always went and inquired of the Lord. Friends, I'm here to tell you, if you want to be a good leader, you can lead well when you have good instructions. Without vision, people perish. And so I want you to see those two distinctives. Saul complained, but David said, I need to go before the Lord. I need to seek the Lord. So here's 2 Samuel chapter 5. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king, they said, let's go, baby. Let's take him out. We're going we're gonna to kill, we kill King Saul. Can you imagine how pumped up they are? Like, we had a big victory. Let's kill the next one. So they mobilized all their forces to capture David. But David was told they were coming, so we went into the stronghold. Everyone say stronghold. Come on. I know it's the, it's, it's the Sunday before school starts, but come on. I need you to pull from deep down inside and say stronghold. All right. Thank you. And the Philistines arrived, and they spread out across the valley and said this. So then David asked the Lord. Then David said, God, what, what do I do? God, what's, what's my next step? Can I be real transparent with you? Sometimes I feel like Saul. I'm just groaning and I'm just complaining. But here's David. David runs to the stronghold and he says, should I go out and fight them? Will you hand them over to me? I love that he says, Lord, should I do this? And if I do this, can I win? Can I have the victory? And the Lord replied, yes, go ahead. I will certainly hand them over to you. Now, I love that David, his first response was to run, run to the stronghold. Run to the stronghold. Can I just tell you, church, and I want to, because really, there's so much content in this story today, I want, to get, I want to get to our main point today, but can I just encourage you, how many problems will be solved if we ran into the house of God? How many of our problems will be solved? I'm not saying all problems, trust me. Sometimes I go to the house of God with problems, and I still leave with my problems. But my attitude's changed. Something's different. I'm no longer groaning, whining, and complaining. I walk out of the house of God with a little bit of faith, with a little bit of hope, with a little bit of encouragement. Because a lot of times when we go to the house of God, we are in good company together. Can I get an amen, everybody? Amen. We are in good company. So when we dwell in the house of the Lord, I believe things do get a little bit better. Psalms, it says this, this is David, Psalms 23, and he's talking about, the, it's the famous psalm, but then he says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, where you dwell is really what you allow. A lot of times, maybe you want to dwell in a negative situation. Or man, maybe you want to dwell with negativity. But where you dwell is really what you allow. 
And for me and my house, we do our very best. Sometimes we're not, you know, I get, uh, we have cameras set up at our house for security purposes. But if we dialed those in, we would have some embarrassing days, wouldn't we? Because sometimes we don't dwell in positivity. We're not like, God is good all the time. Sometimes we're like, if you touch me, I swear, you know, like. But where you dwell is what you allow. See, to dwell means to live in. To dwell means to hang out. To dwell means this is just where I'm going to linger. This is just where I'm going to be. And for some of us in this room, we have dwelled in negativity for far too long. For some of us, we have dwelled in a lack of hope, lack of purpose. As for me and my house, we're going to dwell on hope. We're going to dwell on faith. We're going to dwell on the goodness of the Lord. Where you dwell is what you allow. I've had individuals say, man, everything's horrible. Well, show me your circle of friends. Are they negative? Are they uplifting? That's why I love our small group. That's why uh, first, first um, it's going to be this Tuesday, but that's why this Tuesday night at Jason's Deli, uh, I remember one particular Tuesday night, I walked into my small group at Jason's Deli because we like, we like to read our Bible and we like to eat. Come on, somebody. And we like the free ice cream cones. Thank you, Lord. And that's kind of funny seeing grown men around the ice cream machine. What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there has been a Tuesday I walked in completely discouraged and I walked out encouraged because of the faith of other men because the faith of a small group, going to root it at our house on uh, Monday nights, things like that, going into our small group. I bet I have leapt encouraged because I didn't have to change my attitude. I had to change my dwelling. Yeah. I had to change my geography. And so 2 Samuel chapter 5, when the Philistines heard David has been anointed king of Israel, they mobilized all their forces to capture him. But David was told they were coming, so he went into the stronghold. Now, I've always heard of strongholds as, as something negative. But for David's stronghold, his stronghold was actually in the cave of Abdullah. And this is the original cave that when David left Saul and he left Jonathan last week when they shot the arrow and it went a distance. And Jonathan said, yes, my dad is going to kill you. And David was a young man at this time. And he said, you got to run. You got to go. He's going to kill you. If he can't kill you, he's going to kill me. So David takes off. He finds a cave, the cave of Abdullah. There in that cave, he finds mighty men, other outcasts, other individuals that said, man, we have faith. We, we believe God can do something with our lives, but culture says we can't. And so they were outcasts. They were just uh, unusable men that became David's mighty men. David had many victories out of this fortress, out of this cave, out of his stronghold. And so then when the next time trouble came, he ran into a familiar, powerful, godly stronghold. But I want to ask you today, what stronghold are we running to? Because David had a choice. He had a choice to go into his stronghold where, you, where, where, where he would constantly hear the voice of God. In that stronghold where I can imagine David was worshiping and praising God. In that stronghold, I imagine him writing Psalms 23, in that stronghold for him saying, uh, God, you anointed me king. I'm a little confused that the current king wants to kill me when you've anointed me. It is so hard when my current circumstances doesn't look like the, the voice of God that you've already given me. It's hard when you have given me vision, but, my, but what I currently see is, abs is, is it's opposite of what you've told me. 
But for many of us, there's other strongholds that we could run to. And here is 2 Corinthians. And so a lot of times in the Old Testament, we go, okay, I don't necessarily have a cave. You know, I don't necessarily have a, a fortress or a tower. Maybe I'm a house, you know, and, and maybe that's why I shouldn't let that family move in. Come on, somebody. But here's the New Testament version. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. But we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down, everyone say it. We use, we use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Verse 5, it continues to say, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture the rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Are we running to the stronghold that God has placed for us or are we running into a different stronghold? And so strongholds are obstacles in the rebellious thoughts. And here's what's interesting with this frame of mind in 2 Corinthians. This frame of mind is that my stronghold can take place when I'm at the bus stop. Or my stronghold can take place at my workplace. Or my stronghold can take place when I'm sitting at the kitchen counter. I'm dwelling. I'm dwelling. I have a decision to make, and that decision is where I dwell. Do I dwell in the house of the Lord? Do I dwell in the goodness of his word? Do I dwell in prayer and worship, or do I dwell in obstacles and negative thoughts, rebellious thoughts? A commentary says this, strongholds are an illusion to the towers or raised ramparts used in ancient battles. But here it stands for arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. It was by the proclamation of the gospel, which involved reasoning and arguing in an effort to remove false barriers thrown up against the truth. Paul sought to overcome people's resistance so that they take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And what he's saying here, the author is saying, here, you have, we have so much power. Friends, we have a lot of power. But the problem is we're walking around like, like we don't have any power. And so since we have power, man, when I, when I, when I pray about it, it very well could come to pass. When I stand on God's word and I speak his promises, it very well can come to pass. When I believe for great things for God, it very well can come to pass. I have power in what I say, in what I believe, but the moment we, re we allow rebellious thoughts or obstacles to come into our lives, we're giving that power. And it tears down our strongholds. It tears down our fortress. And the imagery here is that a stronghold breached and no sheltering behind its walls have been taken captive. See, Paul's purpose is not only to demolish false arguments, but also to bring people's thoughts under the lordship of Christ. And so here's kind of what we do every single week as your pastor. And I apologize, I gotta teach this for just a moment. But here's what, exactly what David did. Saul groaned and complained, and he allowed negative thinking to come into his mind and into his heart. He had negative thinking to even say, listen, I'm dead, I'm done, I'm toast, I'm coming to, I'm a victim here. I need you to kill me so they don't get credit. I need you to kill me, otherwise they're going to taunt me and torture me. But the armor bearer didn't even do it at the same time, so he fell on his own sword. But here's David. 
When David sees an obstacle, he runs to the house of the Lord. He runs to the presence of God. And here's what David did. David asked, Lord, is this my battle? Lord, is this it? And then he listened. He listened. He took time in the presence of God. I will tell you as your pastor, sometimes this can be a little hard for me too. I have ADHD, all right? I'm like, dear Lord, okay, he didn't answer. I'm just going to do my own thing. But man, he, he asked, but then he listened. He listened, but then he obeyed. But then he obeyed. And we can talk about obedience. We've talked about obedience every single week. You can go back one. Just don't, this screen is scary now. But we talk about obedience every single week, usually, typically, at Avenue Church. Uh, man, delayed obedience can be disobedience. Man, we talk about hearing the voice of God. What do I do with, with the information God has given me? How do I filter what the Lord has told me through prayer, through worship, through mentors, through other, uh, other uh, like-minded individuals? And I, I, I'm, in a, I'm in a season in my life where I've been asking God a lot of questions. And I've been saying, God, what's, what's next for my life? God, what's next for this church? Because I remember back in 2016, God said, start a church. And we didn't say, okay. We said, where? What's it going to be called? What do you want us to do? And God gave us answers for every single question that we asked. Man, I'm in a season in my life. You can give him praise for that, right? I'm in a season in my life where I'm still. And friends, maybe you're not asking and maybe we need to get to a point in our life where we're praying audacious questions. God, what is next for my life? God, what can you do with my life? God, I am this and that. I can dwell on the negative obstacles. I can dwell in the house of the Lord. So I'm asking. I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening. Lord, I, I, we, man, I need, I need some, some real answers. I need you to speak. I'm also a point in my life, the moment the Lord says something, I'm obeying. I'm jumping off that cliff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live by faith. We're going to believe together as a church. And I know this is a church that, that will do the exact same thing, right? If God says it, we believe it, we're going to move forward with it. But here's what I think the obstacle becomes for many of us. Maybe God did say it. Maybe God did speak it over your life. I think your obstacle, our obstacle today, is obedience is really fighting your fear. That's what obedience is. I have, got, uh, I have heard God say decisions and say, Jeremy, do this. I go, yeah! <laughs> yeah, got an answer. Got one. And then I'll take a step and go, wait a minute. Lord, did you think this through? Lord, do you know who I am? Lord, you know I don't got that. Lord, you don't have the resources and this and what if, and what if they say this and what if this happens and then what if. I think some of the most people that, I, how do I say this? I think those with the most faith that have done so much for Jesus just aren't very smart. How many know I'm talking about? Right? I mean, it's like, go do this. Okay. And they have the faith, they have the stupidity enough, but also the faith in the to speak to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast down to the sea. They have faith enough to go up to Caesar's palace and say, the Lord told me this belongs to Avenue Church. Why don't you go ahead and give it to us? And we're going to put t-shirts and all those statues and, and pants, you know, like, yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to help them out. 
I want to ask you today, what are we afraid about? What are we scared about? That really be for many of us in this room, obedience really is fighting your fear. Obedience is fighting the strongholds of negative thoughts, obstacles that are stopping us. I mean, I asked the Lord all week, we were at a conference and I was asking him all week as we're writing this message, go, Lord, is there like a cool story I could tell? No. Is there like an illustration I could? No. And I really believe with all my heart, the Lord said, just preach the word. Because every single one of us, we have a choice on which stronghold to run through, but we have a choice on which thought that we'll dwell on. We have a choice on which thought that we'll dwell on. And here it is in 2 Samuel chapter 5. But after a while, the Philistines returned, and again, everyone say again. The Philistines returned, and again, spread out across the valley. And again, everyone say again. Again, David asked the Lord what to do. Do not attack them straight on, the Lord replied. And I love this because it says again the Philistines attacked, but then again David sought the Lord. What do we do every single time the enemy attacks again and again and again and again? We seek the Lord again and again and again and again. But I feel like there's a pretense. I feel like there's a negative emotion or negative thought that if the enemy attacks more than once, then what we did, what we did the first time didn't work. So therefore, I'm going to do it in my own terms. I'm going to do it in my own way, or my own thoughts. So the title of my message, I'm going to say at the end of this message, is again and again. Now I want you to leave here today that the enemy, knowing, knowing full well, the enemy will attack you again. But again, we will seek the Lord. Again, attacks might happen in your life. But what am I going to do? Again, go before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If I'm going through that again, what am I going to do? I'm going to come to church again. Man, maybe I'm having a bad morning again. What are you going to do? I'm going to get before worship again. I'm going to play my favorite worship song again. I'm going to put on repeat. Have you ever seen that little repeat button that has a little one on there? And you're going to repeat that one song again and again and again and again and again and again. And so what's the word of the Lord for us today? The enemy was going to attack again and again, but I'm going to go after Jesus again and again and again over and over and over. How many seen the quote? A form of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. It can feel a little crazy following Jesus. Because the more I serve him, the more he does the work inside of me. And so here's David. Philistines attacked again. And again, David asked the Lord what to do. And here's what the Lord says. Go back one for me. Just go back one. And the Lord says, do not, don't attack them straight on. The Lord replied, instead, circle around behind and attack them near the poplar trees. Attack them near the poplar trees. Here's what I find fascinating. The more we ask, and the more we listen, and the more we obey, the more detailed the Lord gets. 
want you to catch this. The more we ask, the more we listen, and the more that we obey, the more detailed the Lord gets. He didn't just say the first time, he said, go ahead, you will win. David's like, yeah. But then the second time, the Lord says, don't do what you did the first time, but instead, here's some strategy. Here's some things that I want you to do. Again and again, go ahead, two slides real quick for me. One, two. And then he says this, go back one. Again and again, okay, go ahead, go forward. And he says, don't gloat over me, my enemies. For though I fall, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. Here's Proverbs, this one. For though the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes again. I'm here to tell you today, my God will do it again and again and again and again. And again. And here's what I want us to do in just a moment. I want us to have prayer time together as a church. But here's what 2 Samuel chapter 5 says. It says, when you hear the sound like a marching feet in the tops of those trees, be on the alert. That will be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you to strike down the Philistine army. So David did what the Lord commanded. And he struck down the Philistines all the way from Gibeon to Gezer. I want you to see this very first part. Go back one. When you hear a sound, that'll be the signal. When you hear the sound, that'll be the signal that the Lord is moving ahead of you. Go ahead. And then once he was eating with them, so go back. I am, I'm in a hot mess today. In Acts chapter 4, this is the same signal that we sing with Jesus. We're trying to get a touchscreen TV so I can control this, but it's fine. It's okay. And so I want you to know there was a signal of a sound. And scholars and theologians said this is the exact same thing that Jesus said in Acts chapter 1. And in Acts chapter 1, Jesus told the disciples he was eating with them. He says, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift or a sign, as I told you before. He said, John baptized you with water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, say suddenly, there was a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on every single one of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit, began speaking in other languages. And the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. When David asked, and he said, Lord, what do we do? Can I have the victory one more time? I just felt strongly in my spirit if there's individuals watching online, there's those that are in this room, you've been asking for victory again. And here's what I love about this story. The Old Testament is always connected to the New Testament. And that same wind, when it hit those trees, trees begin to knock together as they say, supernatural wind from heaven came. And when those trees were knocking together, it sounded like marching of feet. Sound like an entire army was coming. And God confused the Philistines. And David and his mighty men came from behind and killed the entire army. 
The Lord is not only fighting our battles, but he's fighting with us. In Acts chapter 2, they said, Lord, what do we do next? And God said, wait here for a gift, wait here for a sign. When they're all gathered together, when they're all dwelling together in the house of the Lord, they're together in the upper room. Suddenly a sound like a windstorm, a sound from heaven came, and that's the Holy Spirit. And there they began their ministry. There they got their instructions. You know, this week, Pastor Lindsay and I, we got to uh, escape the heat. We got to go to Tacoma, Washington. And there we went to a church conference, and, and man, we just went there to, to get refreshed. Man, we went there to see some friends. And at this conference, uh, man, it was that second or the second night, I believe it was. First night, great worship, uh, great sermons, great messages on that first night. On that second night, we're sitting with some friends. And all of a sudden they had a moment and they said, we're going to pray. We're going to ask people to come to the front, come up to the uh, your front area. There'll be a prayer team, prayer partners available. And I just remember I was feeling fine. But man, there's, there's been a lot of things on our heart. There's been some situations that come across our path that we're saying, Lord, we want an answer. Man, Lord, we want to know if this is truly from you and this is for you. And this is all personal, nothing to do with our church. But we're continually asking, Lord, will you give Avenue Church a building? Will you give Avenue Church land? Will you, will you bless this church? Will you do something? And we're asking God over and over and over again. And so at this conference, man, we're just, I'm in my seat, we're worshiping, it's going great. But can I tell you, I didn't want to dwell there. I didn't want to leave Tacoma without hearing from God. And so that altar, they, I mean, and, and, and hear me out. This is all pastors. I, I know what it's like when you step out, walk up front, and go, ah, oh, they're probably thinking things. I know you're judging me. I see you. My church is big, you know, like, I'm fine. We're doing it. I'm going up for Lindsay, you know. But I remember there was none of that in my spirit, none of that in my heart, because I knew I was in a safe place. And I remember I grabbed her hand, and I just, like, literally was like, I don't want to dwell here. I want to dwell in the house of the Lord. And as I came forward, and it's, you, uh, what's interesting is, is it's a photographer just caught our picture. And we come forward, and they direct us over to some, some friends of ours. And I remember we're at the altar right here. It's loud music and hardly hear. Pull my hair down just so I could hear it a little bit better. And all we did was I was just like, hey, <laughs> I need prayer. Like, man, we, we got this and we got this. And man, we're, we're asking. And I will share with this church when it's the, do, when it's the right time. I'm just saying, hey, this is, this is what we got. But I got to run to the stronghold. I got to run to Jesus. And together as husband and wife, as his friends, they start praying over us. We're going, yes, amen, amen. But then the presence of God, suddenly God came over us. Suddenly God came over I mean, I, 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 you, know about, you know what ugly cry is? It's hard to do that at a conference, right? With all your buddies. And man, when I walked away from that altar, did I get my answer? No. But you know what I got? I got confirmation. Man, I felt, I felt like I could take on the world. Man, I felt like, woo, 
hasn't changed yet. Woo! Hasn't happened yet, but it's going to happen. And man, something happened in my spirit. Friends, I'm just here to tell you today, I wanted to get to this point in the message to say we cannot dwell where we are currently, but we got to dwell in the house of the Lord. Online audience, I'm encouraging you, don't dwell there. Come on down to 11 a.m. We got to dwell in the house of the Lord. We got to dwell in the house of the Lord. And here's what David did. I love this. David, he went to Baal Perizim, defeated the Philistines there, and he said, the Lord did it. He did it. Yes. And then he exclaimed, he burst through my enemies like a raging flood. So he made an altar, and he named the place. And he named it Baal Perizim, which means it's the Lord who bursts through. Uh, the original translation is, God broke out. God will break out any stronghold in your life. So will you do me a favor, will you stand with me please? And I wanna pray with you this morning. But if you're with somebody today, I want you to just grab their hand as well. And every head bowed, if I closed, I just felt a strong, strong urge. This is summer. School starts tomorrow. It's going to be a great August. It's going to be a great fall at our church. But I want to challenge you today. We have prayer teams available. They're going to come up front in just a moment. I've asked our worship team to pray, to sing. But if you're here today, and you're looking for answers, and you need God to speak to you, or maybe you're just frustrated with where you're at. I believe in spiritual frustration. I believe the Holy Spirit will help you, will frustrate you in order to move you. But here's what I wanna ask you today, to do do the same thing I did this week, is to worship Him and to allow others to pray for you and with you. But my big challenge today is for you to step out in the aisle and for you to come forward and just worship in a different dwelling, to worship in the stronghold of the presence of God today. So go ahead, Abby, go ahead, start singing. Go ahead, worship team. But if that's you, just go ahead, step out and come on forward. Just step out and just come on forward. Step out and come on forward. Prayer team, if you're available, I want you to start laying hands on those that are up here. I want you to step out and I want you to come forward.
up to the sky I want you to ask God to speak to you today Holy Spirit we ask you to speak to every single one of us today guide us lead us the Father today we run to your stronghold we run to your fortress you are my rock and my salvation so God, I asked you, just like in Acts chapter 2, I think sometimes, Lord, churches shy away from this because it's weird or strange. And I'm here to declare, Holy Spirit, have your way suddenly in this place. I pray we leave this room refreshed, full of hope and full of faith. I pray we leave strengthened in the mighty name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit, I ask you today, to pour out your spirit upon sons and daughters. May your old men dream dreams. May your young men see visions. May your old ladies dream dreams. May your young women see visions. Holy Spirit, I ask you to pour out your spirit. In Jesus' name.